0: Hey guys, and welcome to episode 270 of Built on Passion. I'm your host, Matt Dallabuono, and this week we have on Yuki Threads co-founder, Luke Mitchell. Yuki Threads makes technical snowboarding apparel with a huge emphasis on sustainable manufacturing and the snowboarding community at large. Luke Mitchell, or as his friends call him, Mitch, and his co-founder Lonnie, started Yuki Threads as a simple way to keep doing what they love most, snowboarding. After a successful run of hoodies, Mitch started to ask the right questions to solidify Yuki Threads as a future household name. He took a step back and asked, how can we do this better? Then rolled up his sleeves and started his journey coming up with an answer. Building Yuki Threads wasn't just a journey to create apparel, but to make technical outerwear that was made responsibly. He dove down the manufacturing rabbit hole to make sure that virtually every step of the way was sustainable as possible. Mitch even brought his adventurous spirit with him throughout the entire process, literally visiting every stage of the production, traveling throughout India, building real, meaningful relationships. All in the name of preserving the integrity of Yuki threads. Sustainable manufacturing is far from anything they'd compromise and a keystone for what the brand has been built on. For the snow industry and the fashion industry especially, this level of detail is something that's not often heard of. At the end of the day, it isn't about just building a cool brand, it's about making products that mean something and doing things the responsible way that's built around a community and actively giving back to the sport of snowboarding and the snow sports community as a whole. In this episode of Built on Passion, Luke Mitchell shares his approach for tracking down the right manufacturing partners, how he dove headfirst into a brand new industry and came up swimming, and the how and why behind Yuki Threads. All right, all right. Hang on one second before we actually jump into this episode. I just wanted to say thank you. Really, thank you for supporting everything we're trying to do. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being engaged, being curious, and just being there supporting the show. We work really hard to put together a really interesting show and have on guests that are truly doing something progressive, interesting, and building something truly special. If you are looking for a way to show your support and help us continue to do what we are doing, one of the biggest things you could do, and I know it seems like a really small thing, but is leave a review. Plus, it helps inform other people what your experience of this podcast has been like. So that's basically it. I just wanted to say a big old thank you to you, the listener. Please leave a review. It is extremely helpful and uh, you look great. And that's it. Bye. Mitch, thanks for joining me today. How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm good. Great to have you on. For everyone just tuning in, who are you?
1: My name's Luke Mitchell, but I go by Mitch, just to confuse everybody. I'm the owner and the co-founder of Yuki Threads.
0: Awesome. And what is Yuki Threads?
1: We're a product-based company that makes snow apparel and outerwear. But for us, we see ourselves as more of a place within the community for people to come together and share the values and the love of On Snow Sports, and then also a place for people to get together and address the bigger challenges we had, such as climate change.
0: Awesome. How did you get started with this? What was the initial thing to push you to start Yuki Threads?
1: Essentially, it was just an excuse to keep snowboarding. I'm a mechanic by trade, nothing to do with fashion or clothing, but I was doing back to back seasons between Canada, Australia, Japan, hence the name Japan. And we just saw initially a gap in the market for snowboard hoodies. At the time, there was some crew making some handmade hoodies. So they're a little bit taller and got a few more bits and pieces on them. And in a nutshell, essentially saw saw a gap in the market. And then myself and a friend went down to spotlight. Oh, that's a fabric place over here. And got some fabric and his mum's sewing machine out and made one. We're like, well, that didn't go too bad from there. There was a little bit of handmade hoodies for a bit. And then that snowballed into a first draft or round one of getting somebody else to make them for us. And that went well. And we sold them to our mates on the hill. And then the rest is kind of history from there of how we got going. But yeah, definitely not your textbook, go to fashion school or something and start a clothing company.
0: You're better off because since you're actually snowboarding, you can look at it and be like, huh, well, what would I want? What do I think is cool?
1: Yeah, totally. I guess you're really focused on what to do and you just don't know what not to do and stuff like that. Just like, cool, we're going to do this because this is exactly what we want. I guess you've got all the market research, all that kind of stuff out of the way because you and all your friends are the people that are going to buy it so you know exactly what you want. And I think with not having any experience in fashion after being in it for a little while now, it's just like... I think sometimes people get scared out of it by all the things that could go wrong. But with being so naive and having no idea whatsoever, just didn't know what, you know, you don't know what could go wrong. So you're just like, oh, sweet, we'll just do this. I don't know what could
0: go wrong. That's the best way you could approach it because, I mean, come on, you start anything, something's going to go wrong. And it may not be what you think it is, right? Totally.
1: In hindsight, it's the best mindset to go into something. Just really driven on like, I want to do this for the right cause and not have your blinkers on to things that can go wrong, but really focus on what you want to achieve and what can go right rather than worrying about everything that can go wrong. You know, like you focus on what you want to do and where you want to go and, and the good thing and whatever you focus on is what you focus on, right? So if you're not focusing on all the negative things, I guess they just don't manifest if you want to get all spiritual on it
0: you started out making these hoodies. Obviously that progresses. You you guys make full snow apparel. How did you cross the line from something, you know, fairly simple, like a hoodie to get into more technical stuff? Was it kind of leveling up your game? Did you have to change anything you were doing?
1: Well, when we were doing hoodies, we added in mitts. We did beanies and stuff like that as well. Maybe some hats, I think back then too. So we added in mitts and then Worked, I don't know, I guess three years in and then the outerwear thing was definitely an idea and I was like, oh, that'd be really cool, but it's a big game. It's like a big step up from making hoodies and whatnot. A lot went on at the same time. So I said in the intro, I was like co-founder. So I actually started this with my ex-partner, Lani. So we started this together and then I think it was about four years in, we broke up. And at that stage, the agreement that we had and and what happened was when we split, I would go on with Yuki. And I guess at that stage, a lot of things happen when those things happen in our life, they're kind of a big catalyst for change and self-reflection and all of that. And it had been in my mind of just like, well, I don't just want to be a hoodie company or like, I don't just want to make hoodies. I want to do all of this stuff. So around all of that time, it was like, okay, cool. So if we're going to do it, let's do out of air, let's go for it and let's develop this and see if we can actually do it. And then also at the same time, before then, we were not focusing on any kind of sustainability at all before then. With mentioning that I come from a background of being a mechanic and then getting into this, it was a few years before I started asking all of these questions. Because at the start, it was just like, whoa, can we do this? What is this? Oh, great, we can make these things, awesome. And then afterwards, it was just like, Hang on a minute, what is going on here? And I was just like, we're making this stuff. It's like, cool, I'll go over to our factory and have dinner with the owner at his house. And like, you know, they were great people and all of this kind of stuff. And there was a few things there. I was like, okay, cool. So we need to get the certification. It's like, I know you guys are sweet, but no one's gonna believe me if I go, oh no, they're cool. I go to their place for dinner. Everything's fine in the warehouse. So I was like, we've got to get this certification. And then I was like, okay, where does the fabric come from? And they're like, well comes from this market you know you come down and buy it from there with us and i'm like yeah where does it come before that and they're like i don't know and i'm just like what's it made of i mean how are the people treated that made the fabric and all this so there was this whole big thing of we're going to do it i wanted to develop the brand into something that is more than hoodies because i think we can do more with the company if we're making products that are more than just these hoodies and not that they're just these hoodies they're great hoodies so if we can stay with people longer if we can offer more products and at this stage the plan was well if we make a better selection of products then we'll be able to give people the opportunity to buy responsible products that are not just hoodies because at that stage we're like cool we're going to switch our hoodies over to be fair trade and all this kind of stuff and it's like, great Well, we can supply one product that is really responsible and it's like well with the outerwear, if we do that and if we use all recycled fabrics and if they're all made in socially responsible factories and all of that, then it's just like, well, we could nearly kit somebody out from head to toe in all responsible gear. And I was just like, sweet, let's do that. So then that's where I was just like, all right, cool, let's start to develop it. And we still only have one or two mitts in the range. Like, it's not like we're going out and try and take over the world in knits or socks or anything like that. But the idea is we've got our apparel and our outerwear, which we're growing, and then these other categories fit in around them that we offer. So there's the opportunity to kind of go head to toe of you can be responsible head to toe. So that was kind of the development of that. And then I guess that was, say, six years ago. So it's been a a constant development from there because the outerwear is, is another beast, That
0: is a beast. Once you cross over to that technical apparel outerwear, like it needs to be waterproof. It needs to be stitched together the right way, like all these fine details. On top of you basically becoming a detective and that level of detail is pretty remarkable. And the fact that you're going through each piece of your business with the hoodies and the outerwear and everything in between, that's insane.
1: So Yuki is a brand for people That love adventure, right? That's why we ski or snowboard or do all of these things. Get outside, go hike. It's all about adventure, right? And I thought about this a little bit, and I was just like, for me, like this whole supply chain is just another adventure. Because when we were first like, all right, cool, let's switch this production of hoodies to be fair trade because we can trace the cotton back to the farm. The whole supply chain is transparent. We can do all of these amazing things, and we're giving premium back to the farmers and like the whole thing's great. All right, so we've got to go to India to do it. Like, okay, cool. We got to get all these new suppliers. I was just like, "Sweet." So that means I got to go to India, I got to travel all around India, I got to go to all these different factories, meet all these different crews. So I was like bouncing around India everywhere. We got it down to like five different manufacturers that we're going to go meet. And then it's really cool experience to just go to another country, fly over there, fly from city to city meeting these people hearing their stories of how their company started and one of the factories that we've worked with for a long time is like third generation and they started here and there and it's like this is so sick and then like cruise around and you go through the factory and you're like this is how and i love how things work so any factory I go to, I'm like, what is this? What is this? What does this do? What does that do? And it's probably <laughs> like, man, shut up. <laughs> so, what about this? And, Where's the printing? Where's the dye? Take me around. So like we jump in the car and it's going to take me around to the dye house. And it's like, cool. And what goes? Yeah. So I love that. Or whether you go to Taiwan with all the super tech fabrics and all of that kind of stuff. All of this kind of stuff for me is just the next adventure because Yuki is like, whether it's on the snow or off the snow, or whether it's product and we're developing new products or supplies, it, it's just all an adventure, right? It's the next bit. So, yeah, with that kind of stuff, it is pretty crazy. But at the same time, it's cool. Like, it's fun. And it's not like done behind a computer sitting here going, "Do that's not fun. That's not fun. Hitting the ground and getting over to the country and eating some meal out of bloody banana leaves in the middle of India on an organic cotton farm. That's fun.
0: It's kind of cool hearing you describe this. I mean, it really does show that it's a little bit more than networking. It's like meeting people and like actually like getting to know all the pieces of each stage of life cycle of the material you're using, you get like an intimate knowledge of what you're working with here. I wouldn't have thought that it's that simple as, oh, you just you talk to these people, you ask them questions, you figure it out. It seems like a freaking scary thing to be bouncing around being like, How do I make out of where but the fact that you just jumped in and just like all right i guess we're gonna go on a search we're gonna go on an adventure that's insane
1: well it's worked out to be the best way to get it done for me i mean you can send emails and phone calls and stuff like that but if you rock up to somebody's door one they're gonna talk to you because you're there (laughs) two they're gonna know that you're serious three you can be able to get as much time with them as you want kind of thing you know it's just and the other thing is like, people are people. People like to connect with people. People like to see a smile on some naive Aussie's face at the front door going, <laughs> hey, guys, what's going on here? Like, how do you do this? Rather than an email going, oh, hi, blah, 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 blah. And I think definitely with supply chain and international business and all of this kind of stuff, even though it sounds crazy, international business and that's what I do. <laughs> but all of that kind of stuff, it's just built on relationships. It's built on trust it's built on those dinners or those little experiences that you have like when I'm over with seeing manufacturers and stuff like that I always try and do something with them out of the factory and out of work and stuff like that because they're the nice experiences that you remember and build that relationship with those people in whatever country it is and being able to share those moments and stuff is really nice and then when It all hits the fan, as it inevitably will in manufacturing. If you've got those experiences, you've built that relationship, you're like, all right, let's work together. And it's a genuine want to work together to solve the problem because it's just a lot of manufacturing, a lot of this stuff is just problem-solving of just like, oh, this random thing like COVID happened or there's a typhoon or there's a this or that or whatever. It's just like, great, problem-solving mode. And I guess if you've got those relationships, then it just makes everything so much easier.
0: Yeah. I mean, hey, at the end of the day, we're all in the twilight of our lives. The only thing that we're left with is our relationships. And I get so frustrated with how working culture in the modern world has developed, where there's way less interpersonal relationships.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, with everything, social media, all of this kind of stuff, the whole paradox or whatever, of we're so connected or can be so connected but we're all so disconnected things in the real world is what matter and that's what we've been focusing on like we do a women's ride day yuki bird's day which is focused around empowering women on the snow and breaking down the intimidation barriers around getting into the park if they want to do that and all of that kind of stuff we've been doing this for a while but over the last year or two i was just like we need to do more of this. We need to do more stuff that's in the real world face to face with people because it's just so numbing on Instagram or whatever your platform is. It's just like the feed and stuff. It's just like, yeah, we can build community on there. And definitely that is a huge part of building our community as a company because that's where most of the people are and that's when we can stay connected with most of our community most of the time. But any chance that we can get to have a real interaction and have a real life experience with our community we need to do that and focus on that so in the future that's a big thing for us that we want to do is actually not just have our awesome community online but bring that into the real world because so much is online now but what we do and love right is skiing and snowboarding and all of these outdoor sports all in the real world right we need to get off the gram and off Online, offline, into the real world and have these real experiences and and bring that community together in the real world.
0: Yeah, I was actually just about to ask almost exactly that. You have this wonderful outlook on relationships and just community at large. I know community and sustainability are kind of the two foundational things you mentioned behind Yuki Threads. Like we were just talking about a moment ago, like just getting into skating. That's like a really tough think it's intimidating but you want to do it there's passion it's a sport that exists way more than just doing cool things
1: totally you just mentioned there it's intimidating it's just like all this stuff is intimidating if the community is not there and when i just mentioned with the yuki birds like that's the whole thing of trying to break down those intimidation barriers with the girls entering the park because they might feel like oh that's just for the guys or something like that. And all of this kind of stuff And in some terrain parks, it can be real cool guy and all that kind of stuff. So it's like breaking down that. But I think unless you've got that community, you can feel intimidated with anything, whether it's surfing, skating, snowboarding, all of that kind of stuff. Because you might be at chapter one, someone's at chapter 50, so you're going, oh, but they're so good. It's like everybody starts at the bottom and it's just all about having fun. And I think it really takes a community to show that it is just about having fun and focusing on that because without that, it can get pretty scary. And, you know, if people aren't encouraging other people or interacting and all of that kind of stuff and creating that vibe, it does get pretty intimidating when you've got all these hell people that are just thrown down and you say, oh, I can't do that. I just get back in my shell kind of thing. Where it's just like, you know, it takes a bit to be like, nah, that's cool. I've been snowboarding for years, or you just started or skating or whatever. And that's where the community comes in to support people so they can develop from wherever they are. If you're just starting or, you know, you're trying to do something new, like it doesn't matter what it is, it matters what it is to you. And it matters that, you know, you're having fun.
0: Before we started this call, I was going through your site. I saw that you guys are working on this recovery project and reforestation project. What's that all about?
1: The recovery one is a partnership that we've struck up, and that is essentially recycling your old gear. It doesn't need to be our gear. It could be you know anyone else's gear, but they're called apparel. And essentially, you buy a pickup for $25. We'll give you a voucher for $25. So it doesn't cost them any money, like the customer any money, but then you get 10 kilos to send back of clothes, shoes, all of this kind of stuff, and then that pays for the pickup for that, which is really cool because the biggest challenge, or one of the biggest challenges that we face within our industry and not just snow but all clothing is end of life. What do we do with all of these things? There's insane stats of how much clothing's going into landfill. I think it's up there with the top contributors to landfill so there's, there's a lot going on in this space. If you go to the major trade shows, ISPO and things like that, there's talks around different technologies and different strategies around end of life. And there's a lot of good things happening, but there's a lot of time before they're really going to be accessible to the masses and also a big thing for us being in Australia a lot of things are accessible in the northern hemisphere but not accessible down here especially when it comes to end of life because a big thing about end of life is like oh yeah cool we could get this and then we could recycle it but what we've got to do is put it back on a boat and put it over there and it counteracts the other thing so we're working with these guys to be able to address this end of life situation for the interim so these guys will either Re home it or they'll donate it to homeless or things like that, or it'll go to an op shop if it's suitable. Not a lot will go to op shops because I think only 10% of what goes in op shops actually gets sold on. But if they can't do anything with it, then they'll actually recycle it. So that is cut it down and then recycle it. They've got a program now where they're making couches out of all the old stuff. Well, not all the old stuff. They can only make it out of some fibres. But that is essentially how we're dealing with that at the moment on the path to hopefully have better solutions down the track. So, yeah, that's the recycling one there. And then the reforestation is we've partnered with Eden Reforestation Projects, and with them, every dollar – US dollar that we donate they plant 10 trees there's a lot of programs out there that plant trees and that's great we chose to partner with these guys because there's the environmental side of the things which is awesome obviously the tree planting to sequester carbon dioxide and a bunch of other great outcomes from reforestation but there's also the social side of this program where in they have a nursery pre planting they have the nursery where they actually grow the seedlings that are working on that then there's actually the planting and then afterwards these places where this reforestation is going on is in some quite challenged areas so they also have a ranger program afterwards where people can actually look after the new forest or the mangroves you know the areas that they've replanted then there's a protection scheme as well so it's a little bit more of a holistic environment, social and environmental program that we felt was in line with our values and, and work for us. So, yeah, we're really stoked to be part of that one.
0: It seems like you're really going ahead of the game, but there's a lot of big companies, 686 and Burton and these huge, huge companies that definitely really do a good job of making it look good. But you wonder, are they doing what they can? It's nice to see you kind of lead the charge and just say, all right, here's what really matters. It's like leading the charge for the future of how people are looking at buying new gear, buying into a brand.
1: Yeah, totally. I guess I can only talk about our philosophy and what we do. And the thing is, if we're going to do something, do it properly. Like If we're going to go down the route of, let's work with responsible fabrics like recycled polyester and organic cotton and all of this kind of stuff. For me, it's like, well, why would we use it in one product and we wouldn't use it in the other? We know that that's better than that. Why would we do that? We know that say conventional cotton is the pit. We would never, ever use that. Well, you know, we know it's that bad, so why would we ever use that? So it's like, well, we're never going to use that. And then the same with like conventional polyester and things like that. It's just like, well, we can get, the performance that we need out of that. So why would we use it? So for us, it's basically like, if we can do it better, then that better becomes the new normal. And we don't go, oh, we could do it a little bit cheaper or whatever and do that. So no, that's how we do stuff now. And then it'll get better from there. you know. And then I guess that mentality from the product is like, cool. So what are the weaknesses in the product in terms of our social and environmental impact? Great. Well, let's fix that and then that's the new foundation and that's the new base and we'll go from there. That kind of thing comes from product into other elements of the business and, you know, the end of life. Ah, like, all right, cool. Can we do something better than what we're doing now with our micro company? It's just like, yeah, we can partner with these guys and they're doing an excellent job and they're doing all of this stuff which is better than what we can do. Like we could try and set up our own program, but it probably wouldn't be as good as that. So let's partner with those guys until we get to a point where we can do it better. Great. Now that's a new floor. Then we'll build on that. And then it's just like, awesome. So, what are we doing for our environmental impact? All right, cool. Let's partner with 1% for the planet, which we've been partners for years now. And then that's what Eden Reforestation is part of. It's just like, cool. So, how are we going to give back? What do we think the biggest impact's going to be? All right, cool. So, we can plant some trees. Great. We all know how good they are. But this one, we can have that social aspect as well. All right, cool. Let's do that. And now we'll build on that. It's really looking at all different avenues of what can we do better, and then now that's our status quo. That's the way we do it. Now we build on that. Now we build on that. Now we build on that. That's been our brand values and our DNA to do that. I know other companies with products have got their programs, which is really good, and it's great. And they are using organics or they are using some responsible stuff and it's awesome that they're doing that because even a little bit is better than something else but for us it's, well if we know it's better we have to do it that way until we find a better way And we do it all like that until we find a better way not just a little bit for marketing here and there and all of that kind of stuff
0: is it difficult to like really show your customers what you're trying to do how do you deal with brand awareness? How do you get your name out there?
1: Yeah, so as you'll probably have noticed, I'm pretty focused on you know product and the adventure behind making the product and blah, 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 blah. I'm not really focused on telling people about it, <laughs> which is fine, but it just turns out that oh, yeah, we're the best kept secret, not so good for actually growing. And we do need to grow because I do feel that we have something great to offer communities. But that's really been our letdown over the past years. So that's something that we are focusing on now, you know, obviously doing this podcast and working with you guys and that kind of thing to get it out there. But marketing is something that we we need to focus on now because we do have something that we've got to offer, which is a little bit different to everybody else. And I think it's genuinely a value add for our Snow community, for the people who are ready to take the next step in conscious purchases and things like that. So for me now in the past, it's just I'm a little bit, not pig headed or anything like that, or maybe a little bit, but it's more like our focus should be on like on the back end and supply chain and all of this kind of stuff. And now it's kind of shifted. It's just like, well, we can do that till the cows come home, but we don't tell anyone about it. Then no one's going to know about it. And no one's actually going to come in to interact with all of these products. So now we're definitely focusing on that. Um, You know, we just launched a new loyalty program. So hopefully the people who have come into contact with our company already and love it can tell their friends so they can go through that. And then, you know, we'll do some top line marketing as well. And obviously we're on Instagram and all of that kind of thing. But definitely somewhere where we need to focus.
0: I'd imagine it's like teaching people too. I mean, I don't think that this is super, super common knowledge. The extent that you guys are going, even specifically for the sustainability parts. Some people just buy stuff blissfully unaware and don't realize what impact that has when they would be fully into it if they'd known.
1: There's two things there. One, we need to do better at creating that content, those stories and educating people. And two, one thing I guess for me is, I forget how much I know and that we know, and I guess that we take as common knowledge, which is not. There's a million and one things that we can just put out on short little social media, like stories on Insta and stuff like that. But for me, I'm just like, oh, yeah, but doesn't everyone know that you save 2,500 litres per T-shirt when you use organic cotton over conventional cotton? We really need to focus on getting back to basics and meeting people where they are. On their journey, and again, like Thomas, we were talking about people with their board sports journey. Maybe they're at chapter one, and someone's at chapter 50. The same as someone is on their journey of education around sustainability. I guess we don't speak to people at that chapter one and go with them the whole way to chapter 50, which is something that we definitely need to focus on because I think you're right, people know what they know, and some people have been exposed to the conversation around the fashion industry and our challenges and the things that we can do around sustainability and creating responsible products and some people just haven't the same way as i started the company for four years or or the first few at least i hadn't and i was making the stuff you know what i mean so it's just like unless you've had that first conversation unless you've been introduced to the ideas around that then you just don't know and I guess that's definitely somewhere that we can focus because the first time that you ever thought about where did my clothes come from it's not a normal thing to think about for most people They're it's like what do you mean yeah I bought it from shop and I wore it and that's like because there's not a huge conversation around that all the time it's just something that doesn't really pop into people's heads unless there's something to trigger it and I think there's been a lot going on at least in Australia in this space of starting that conversation. But, yeah, I think it's definitely where we could do some more work because I guess I just forget about that initial thought and the steps from getting from there to there. to And then to actually buying something because you might be like, oh, yeah, where did my stuff come from? I don't know. i think about it. And then how many times do you have to think about stuff until you actually put your dollar on it and be like, oh, I'll pay a little bit more for that because it is this and I'm not going to go buy a $5 T-shirt down the shop because it's kind of like when you're booking tickets online, you have flights, not that any other type in a while, and there's like the carbon offset stuff and you see it. It's just, how many people see it you're like, oh, I should do that? if they don't. Or like how many people actually pay the extra $2 or whatever it is to do it, you know? It's a nice thought for a while before it becomes... personal value that you'll put money on and i guess that is a journey for everybody and i guess we just need to be better at meeting people are and having that conversation with them until they might be ready to actually build that into their purchasing habits
0: the way you built yuki threads it's such a a personal thing for you because you are living the sport this industry but B, you're addressing these things that are becoming more and more important. Like we still want snow to fall. We don't want to screw things up so much that we can't do this. So it's also protecting the thing that you're trying to encourage people to go do. It's like that beautiful symbiotic relationship.
1: Totally. It's, and it's, it's a real challenging one. And it's been an emotional one for me because the fashion industry is so bad. It's just yeah. bad. It is. One part of me says, well, if it's so bad, get out,
0: stop doing it.
1: What you're doing is not good. But then that's actually what drives me because if there's an industry, if there's something where there's a lot wrong, then there's a lot to fix and there's a lot to do and there's a lot of improvements to make. So for me, it's been like this you back and forth over the years of just like, what am I doing? I shouldn't be doing this. Then it's like, no, I should be doing this. I should be doing it better and we should be leading so other people can do it better. Because the more people like us that do things better, and even mentioned before the bigger brands and I've got that one jacket or two jacket that they use for marketing. You know what? Not great, but it's better than nothing. And even if it is a bit of greenwashing, maybe that started the first conversation with somebody and they saw that jacket, then they did a bit of research and then they're like, oh, they're not really doing that much. But this other brand is, or this other brand is, and now I've started my journey. And they use their marketing dollar on that one jacket that had that huge reach to start somebody's journey. It's you know, the thing of like, it's so bad, but it means we've got so much to do. One side of thing, it's like, it's a bad thing, but the other side, or it's a negative thing. The other side is really positive driving things. It's just how do you want to frame it and what perspective do you want to put on it? And then what do you want to actually do about it? Don't sit here and say that it's bad do something about it and that's kind of what we're doing and it's the same in the snow industry right it's like it's there's major challenges there with like most of us ride lifts those lifts are powered by energy is that energy green no you know like there's this whole thing there so there's a lot of work we need to do even on that side of things like within our community and be like okay cool so resorts How do we transition you to renewable energy? Blah, 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 blah. Being able to reframe things is really good. And, you know, whenever there's big problems, there's big things to do. And that can be a really big driver. And it is is for me.
0: Yeah. You've said it so many times. It's not just about the destination. It's about the journey, right? It's about like each step to get to where you want to go. Between your personal journey and Yuki Threads, it's kind of uncanny how there's that common theme of an adventure, like evolution.
1: And it's not to be that full hippie, it's a journey, man. But it's just, you don't jump on a snowboard and do a double course. It's like the steps and it's the same as everything else. You've got to enjoy the process. Otherwise, it's too hard because you never get to where you're going. You're only where you are now the whole time, you're only where you are now.
0: Mitch, it looks like we are getting down to the wire, but I have one more question for you. I'm actually really interested to see how you answer it. But if there's one thing you could change about the snowboard industry, what would it be?
1: If every resort and if every lift was ran on renewable energy, that would be a huge impact. Like just off the top of the head like that would be huge there. Maybe that, because the biggest thing that we face in the future is obviously climate change. And one of the biggest ways that we could limit the impact on the industry would be to obviously reduce our CO2 footprint there and there's a lot of chairless around the world.
0: Yeah. It sounds like a small one, but that's a really good one.
1: And they use so much power, even a small chair. To run a chair is like insane how much power they use.
0: Mitch, thanks so much for coming on. I appreciate you talking.
1: Thanks for having me. It's been a good chat.
0: Yeah, seriously. It's a good way for me to end my day and you to start yours.
1: Yeah, actually, I'm pretty hyped. we we'll go back into the office. Oh, gosh.
0: Awesome. <laughs> no, All that's right. Cool. That's what we want. <laughs> yeah. For anyone who wants to find out more about Yuki Threads, check you guys out, follow you, maybe learn a little bit more about what you guys are, are really doing. Where's the best place for them to head?
1: Yeah, just online to our website, which is yukithreads.com. Otherwise, Instagram is our next biggest channel, which will be more information on there.
0: Awesome. Thanks again, man.
1: Sweet. No worries. Pleasure. Thank you.
0: We made it. Thank you again for tuning in to this week's episode of Built on Passion. Hope you learned something. Hope you maybe grew as a person. Maybe you have a new entrepreneurial idea. Maybe all of the above. Maybe you got a new perspective on your favorite hobby or favorite piece of gear and you just you fell in love all over again. I'm hoping for the last one. That last one actually sounds pretty good. I'm going to ask one last time for the people in the back. Please leave a review. It is super helpful and a great way to show your support of the show. And if you know someone who might be interested in this episode specifically, share it to them. And all joking aside, thank you for everything, for supporting what we're doing. In any event, that's it for now. I will see you next week on another episode of Built on Passion.